Coming up on our news focus today, investors are bracing for more tough decisions in 2019 and even a recession on the near horizon as trade tensions, Brexit and more paint a dim picture for the global economy. Let's bring in economist Pablo Shaw from the Center of uh, Economics and Business Research based in the UK. The center's recent 2019 World Economic League table, which forecast the fortunes of 193 countries to 2033, was more downbeat on the global economy than last year's outlook. And to talk more more with us, we are joined by Mr. Shaw. Good morning. Good morning. Could you fill us in a little bit on this situation? Um, Yes, so the global economic prospects have definitely dimmed um, compared to this point uh, last year. So we're expecting um, fairly significant slowdowns in major economies across the world. Um, We've had um, a lot of bad data coming out of China recently. Um, And also in Europe, we've seen um, political instability in France and Italy, um, as well as very weak sentiment in the UK, uh, depressed economic prospects um, looking into 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've obviously seen a dimming of the kind of global economic prospects uh, next year. Right. Well, the standoff situation with North Korea has long been a risk to the South Korean economy. It seems like things are moving towards a possible breakthrough. Your center's recent report forecasted that South Korea will be one of the top global economies in 2026. What's your perspective on the South Korean economy going forward? Or what are the economic Um, prospects for a unified Korea? uh, Well, a unified Korea would certainly bring with it a lot of opportunities for um, the economies on both sides of the uh, wall. So, Obviously, um, improving transport links would effectively end the South status as an effective island by um, integrating it into energy and transport networks in China and Russia. Um, It would also open up access to vast swathes of land and labor that would um, obviously provide a a pretty significant stimulus to growth for the South Korean economy. Um, So this could provide... um, a lot of uh, positive upside potential for the economy, particularly considering um, the challenges that South Korea's economy faces with its aging population, Mm -hmm. um, growing competition from China, um, as well as obviously the trade tensions that are starting to have knock-on effects um, on on Korean exports. Well, looking ahead at 2026, even without a unified Korea, uh, what's your perspective on South Korea, South Korea just as South Korea itself and its economy going forward? Um, So there there have been some fairly troubling developments in the economy uh, later on in the year. So we've got very high levels of household debt at the moment, which is threatening to weigh on consumer spending. Um, And as I touched upon earlier, the um, escalating conflict and trade between the U.S. and China um, will inevitably um, have knock-on effects um, on the Korean export market, which is uh, still a very big part of the economy. Um, However, growth should be propped up by um, fiscal stimulus measures that the government looks to be rolling out. So it's recently announced um, fuel tax cuts, uh, financial support to small businesses. Um, And because the government has such a low debt burden in Korea, um, it does have the fiscal headroom to provide this stimulus without um, leading to an unsustainable accumulation of Mm -hmm. debt. So um, this is what should drive um, South Korea to overtake Italy to become the 10th largest economy in, in 2026. Let's see. Right. Now, in regards to the tensions in trade with China, you've talked about how that affects South Korea, but how would this impact, or what impact would this have on the global economy? 
Um, well, the escalation has certainly been one of the most dramatic and significant developments that we saw in 2018. Um, it's suppressed exports, so we've seen um, global trade cooling, and a big part of this is due to the heightened hostilities amongst between the two major superpowers of the world economy. Um, it's also um, had a big effect on investor confidence, and we've seen this uh, through the turmoil in global stock markets, particularly uh, towards the end of the year. Um, so it's definitely one of the big developments, and if um, it's a fairly difficult um, phenomenon to predict due to the political nature of the conflict, but if it were to persist going into 2019, it would form one of several other um, headwinds to growth for the global economy that year. I see. Well, only time will tell what 2019 holds for us and the way that these tensions in trade progress. Pablo Shah, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping the gun before we move on. I wanted to bring up actually the CEBR's 2019 World Economic League table forecasted uh, that China is likely to overtake the U.S. as the world's leading economy in 2032, two years later than initially uh, than that was initially in a previous forecast. Could you elaborate a little bit on this? Yes. So um, previously we'd forecast that China would become the world's largest economy in 2030. Um, however, since then, uh, China's economy has uh, slowed down more markedly than uh, most of the data was suggesting last year. So we've seen um, some troubling figures coming out of the manufacturing sector. Retail sales have performed very weakly towards the end of the year. So this, together with um, stronger-than-expected growth in the U.S., driven by um, the raft of tax cuts that have just been, or that were rolled out last um, at the beginning of last year, um, have accelerated U.S. growth. So it's led to a slight delay in the um, year in which China will overtake. However, this still very much remains on the cards. I see. And how will China's Belt and Road Initiative that's ongoing affect the world economy? Um, Well, we expect construction generally to have a growing impact on the global economy. Um, One of the ways in which uh, governments will have to contend with potential economic slowdowns will be to turn to fiscal measures, which will obviously include infrastructure and construction spending, uh, given that they've already depleted much of their monetary ammunition um, as we're just coming out of a period of ultra-low interest rates. So, I think construction generally um, has a potential to be a really major source of global growth. And a big part of that will obviously be the Belt and Road Initiative. Um, China's investing very heavily in numerous economies across the world. Um, so it does uh, promise to be a very significant driver of growth for many smaller economies that it's seeking to invest in. Um, however, the uh, level of investment is partly contingent on the continued growth of the Chinese economy. So um, if these smaller com- um, countries become too reliant on, on this construction investment, uh, it could pose a risk for them in the, in the medium term. I see. Does this contribute then to your overall outlook for the Asian region? What can we expect coming up? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I think uh, construction associated with the Belt and Road Initiative uh, would not only boost growth in the short term through the investment and jobs that it brings, but it will also unlock um, major trading routes and uh, boost productivity um, with many of China's key trading partners in the region. So it is set to be a key uh, source of growth going forward. Well, switching gears here is something that continues to be uh, in our conversations. Brexit, and with the current Brexit turmoil going on, if we can shift over to talking about uh, what, where, or where will Brexit negotiations take the UK's economy coming up here? 
Um, yeah, so as you said, there's a, a lot of uncertainty here at the moment as to the final nature of the agreement that will be reached. Um, and this um, uncertainty has prevailed in the UK for about over two years now since the referendum. Um, and we're seeing a lot of investments being put on hold by businesses um, and as well as very weak consumer sentiment. So we are definitely seeing a slowdown in activity as, as um, individuals and businesses collectively hold their breath uh, ahead of the March 29 date of the UK's departure. Um, we could potentially expect to see a significant pickup in investment that may follow a, a so-called softer Brexit, which um, would ensure a transition period maintaining uh, the status quo for at least two years. Uh, on the other hand, if uh, the UK departs without a deal, uh, many businesses have expressed they may uh, be forced to rein in their investments further, which would um, really uh, hit the UK's economic prospects for the rest of the year. Right, and obviously this has effects far-reaching throughout the European region. Any countries specifically that we are looking at that you would predict to have either economic growth or slump coming up here? Um, so the UK is actually one of the economies that we have the most pessimistic forecast for. Um, so regardless of the outcome of the Brexit negotiations, the UK economy is in a perfect storm of economic difficulties in a sense. So um, we've had very rapid consumer credit growth um, over the past two years. And this means that households have now reached their borrowing limits and have really begun to rein in their spending. Um, and then obviously, whatever the outcome of Brexit, it will exert a significant dislocation for the economy, which will bring with it some uh, slowdown. Uh, Throughout the rest of Europe, our forecasts are generally also quite pessimistic, certainly more pessimistic than they were last year. Um, and this is because of the heightening of political instability uh, in France most recently with a series of protests mm -hmm. against um, attempted fuel hikes, as well as the continuing uh, conflict between the Italian government and the European Commission over their, their budget proposals. All right, well, switching our perspective to uh, around the world, looking at emerging markets and developing economies, what does the situation look like for them? Uh, so 2018 was a very tough year for many emerging markets. Uh, the economic slowdown in China um, certainly weighed on demand for those countries that relied on China as a source of um, exports, um, while U.S. interest rate hikes have led to a series of currency crises, uh, so most notably in Argentina, and India. So this um, has led to periods of high inflation, um, as well as very weak currencies, and in some cases, capital flight, as we saw in Argentina. Um, another risk uh, or another um, factor that uh, worsened the performance in 2018 was uh, high oil prices over the first three quarters of the year. Um, however, the recent um, collapse in oil prices may provide some respite to economies such as India, uh, which are heavily oil importing, and therefore they may rec receive a, uh, some form of a boost from lower oil prices going into 2019. Looking ahead here at 2019, overall, do you expect to see a brighter economic prospect, or do you see a brighter economic prospect on the horizon for this year? Um, overall, um, our, our economic the economic prospects are fairly gloomy looking uh, at, at, at 2019. Um, there are a lot of um, political instabilities brewing in Europe, obviously with Brexit, as well as issues um, with, in Italy and France. And also, a lot will also depend on whether a resolution can be reached in the conflict between the US and China with regards to trade. 
But um, more generally, it looks like a lot of economies uh, will come off the boil. So the U.S. as the tax as a boost from the tax cuts begins to wear off. Uh, China obviously has been seeing a slowdown. Um, and especially as the Fed continues to hike rates, the global economy will have to adjust to a, um, a, a higher interest rate environment. And it's uncertain the extent to which um, it will be able to sustain growth um, in these conditions. I see. Well, thank you very much for sharing your outlooks for the upcoming 2019 with us. My apologies earlier for cutting our conversation short, but we'll see you again next time. Sure. Thank you All very right. much. Cheers. Thank you. Pablo Shah, Center for Economics and Business Research.